Blog Talk Radio. This is the national premiere soccer league show hosted by Daniel Feuerstein, the show dedicated to the NPSL club and the fans. Your host, Daniel Feuerstein. Good evening, MPSL soccer fans. This is Daniel Feuerstein, host of the Feuerstein's Fire American Soccer Show. Welcome to the second edition, the second episode for the 2021 season of the NPSL Soccer Show. Thank you for joining me tonight as we are getting ready to get closer and closer, possibly, and hopefully to get matches back underway and move on and have some fun, and let's see what we will do here in 2021 with this league. Now, for those of you, uh, for those of you that have been able to get your vaccinations, congratulations. Uh, today, I did get my vaccination, my first one of the two. Uh, I got my Pfizer uh, vaccination, so I'm extremely excited about that and uh, very happy that I was able to uh, receive this vaccination in a town not too far away from where I live. So uh, it's been very, very comfortable right now for myself to get the vaccinations and to move on and move forward and have some fun here, ladies and gentlemen. It's going to be absolutely wonderful uh, to hopefully everyone gets vaccinated, lowers this risk of this pandemic. We've been paying attention to this pandemic for a while now, obviously um, affecting everyone, everything uh, to do about, you know, sports and uh, in our lives, of course, we're trying our best to make sure that everything is going to be uh, excellent, non nonstop issues and moving forward. So it's going to be very, very good to finally, you know, get these vaccines and, uh, you know, it, it's been rough. It's been tough. We've all been through all, all these things. But, you know, once again, we just have to remain strong and vigilant. We must continue to remain strong and vigilant uh, with the situations that are at the moment um, bothering us, of course. And we just have to wait till we get all the way down so that we can get to zero. So that's the hope. And I really believe we're going to get there. We just got to make sure, got to make sure all of us are vaccinated uh, and uh, we can hopefully move forward and get back into the swing of things and get back to normality. But one thing is for sure is that with the situations being taken care of, that leads all of us to the return of play in the NPSL. Of course, unfortunately for last year, things had to be stopped. Um, And, you know, when it comes to these situations, no one wants anything stopped. No one wants to have a problem 
we want our soccer back. We want our football back. We want to go out and we want to say, you know, we get back to normal, get back to the things that we so hold dear to us. And honestly, honestly, let's go ahead. Let's get it over with. Get it on. And we can go ahead and get back into a season and we can go ahead and have some fun. So moving on forward here, as I've already said, I've already received my um, vaccinations. Uh, Hopefully you have as well. Most of you have had your vaccines. That's the hope. And uh, we can just go forward. And uh, once again, we can go out and enjoy ourselves and have fun. So we'll have to wait and see what's next, uh, you know, for the country. And hopefully we can move forward and we can, you know, really, really see where we're going to be uh, very, very soon. So let's all have some fun once again and let's try our best, try our darndest to go out, have some fun again. And we don't have to worry about these masks. Now, once again, please wear your masks. Please remain strong and vigilant. Continue to wear your masks until this entire situation is completely over and done with. Once it's all over and done with, go back to normal and we can go and have some fun. And we can go ahead and enjoy ourselves moving forward, and that we can go out and do what we all love to do. So let's hope we all have some fun here. Let's all hope we can enjoy ourselves. And once again, try not to repeat myself too much, but uh, you know we can uh, have some fun and uh, do what we can try and do um, what we can. So... Let's go ahead and see what's going to happen, move forward. And, you know, we got some fun, fun teams that are going to be on the show tonight, of course, as we will discuss, um, obviously, West, the West region. We've got some teams from the West region, from the Southern region, of course, that will be joining us tonight. Uh, of course, Contra Costa FC. We'll be on the show. We got the Georgia Revolution, uh, FC Arizona, and once again, we'll, we're bringing back Temecula uh, FC, and it's going to be a fun time for this show, and a lot of interesting moments, a lot of interesting things moving forward. Now, I know this is the NPSL, um, but I also want to talk to all of you tonight. Uh, to inform you that this coming Monday, because I'm going to toot my own I'm going to toot my own horn here for a little bit. Um, this coming Monday night, March 8th, is officially the 500th episode of the Feuerstein's Fire American Soccer Show. This does not count, of course, the episodes of uh, U.S. Open Cup or the Concacaf Champions League or the Gold Cups, the men's and women's national team shows, post-game shows, uh, you know, World Cup itself, um, World Cup qualifying, all those fun things. This show has officially reached, this coming Monday night, 500 episodes. 
Um, you know, it takes a lot of blood, sweat, and tears on my end um, and passion for this game in this country, American soccer. Uh, we're going to have a lot of fun. We're going to bring on uh, – we got some guests on that have uh, been a part of the media, the soccer media, for a long time. And we're also going to have some special guests as well. Some of you may know them and some of you may not know them. But, of course, this is going to be um, something that no one is going to expect. This is only for me and me only that I will know. And uh, hopefully we can all uh, enjoy ourselves, have some fun, and go on. And you can guess who the guests are going to be. I'll have a couple of special guests joining me um, on Monday night, along with my regular uh, group of uh, guests. Of course, uh, Kardec Krishnire, World Soccer Talk, will be uh, joining me. Uh, We will also have um, some fun with uh, Dave Denholm, of course, uh, started with Kardec and I. Uh, on the Champion Soccer Radio Network. Now he's, of course, the radio voice of Los Angeles FC. We'd like to get a couple of moments from him. And a friend of mine uh, that once worked with the New York Red Bulls in the uh, in the social media department, which is Scott Sandalow. He's now with Roma USA in New York City. So he helps out with their social media. Um, and that's going to be a lot of fun. And then we're going to have some guests on as well. Uh, to talk about uh, being a part, uh, you know, of what they've done, and you know, for soccer, we're gonna have a, we're gonna have a, you know, usually, you know, it's a serious show, passionate show about the game in this country, uh, moving forward. But you know, this show in particular, this is going to be a type of show where you can just stretch your legs, have fun, take it easy. And you don't have to worry uh, about, uh, you know, serious stuff. I mean, obviously, there'll be still some serious news moving forward of the game, you know, and how it gets regulated and, and what goes on, um, what, what goes on, uh, you know, all over the country. But once again, this is a situation where you can just, like I said, sit back, relax. Have some fun. Don't worry about anything. We'll talk some stories. Uh, I have a couple of stories here and there, of course. You'll have a laugh. I know you'll have a laugh. You're going to have fun and enjoy yourselves. Trust me. This is going to be one of those shows that you are just going to have to just tune in and listen and have some fun. Now, Before we move on into uh, our first guest, let me just say this. You're wondering why I'm still going through this platform. Look, at the moment, uh, uh, the platform that I'm on right now, it's uh, it's good. It's it's acceptable so far from what I'm doing. But somewhere down the road, and uh, I have to uh, take care of some things first. Uh, I I have a lot of business right now going on, personal business, of course. won't get into it too much, but let me just say that this show will does have plans to move forward into the uh, video uh, department, obviously with Zoom or uh, Vimo or YouTube, however you want it done. Um, there will be a move to that platform somewhere down the line. At the moment, um, 
not there yet. There's some certain things I have to take care of. There's certain things that I have to uh, make sure of that gets done. But until then, um, I'm remaining here currently on Blog Talk Radio. Uh, and like I said, um, you know, it, it. I have some issues that I have to take care of personally. And it's nothing serious or anything like that. I don't owe any taxes. I don't have any problems of that sort of nature. It's nothing wrong. It's just I have some personal issues going on right now that I'm going to you know, take care of and uh, move forward. But once again, this is going to be uh, a fun show. We're going to have a fun show, everybody. It's going to be fantastic. And once we get that taken care of, we'll move forward and um, everything will be fine. And we're going to enjoy ourselves and, and I'll be moving on into the next phase for this show. And uh, once again, guests will be awesome. We'll uh, definitely you know, try and do a, lot, uh, do a better job, of course, uh, to get this situation taken care of. But one thing is for sure. One thing is for sure. This show, uh, 12 years old, and uh, it's a situation where I am just happy that I can deliver a fantastic show for everyone, have some fun, move forward. We will go out and make sure, make sure that all of this is going to continue on, and we're all going to love it. I'm very grateful for the NPSL for allowing me to do a show, uh, allowing me to cover their clubs, give you all the information you need, whether you're a fan of the club or you're the fan of the league. I'm grateful enough to be doing these shows, and we could all have some fun. We can all have some fun take care of ourselves, and move forward. So this is going to be uh, an excellent time. It's all going to be uh, an excellent show. We're going to have ourselves a lot of fun, and definitely, for sure, for sure, we are going to have a good time tonight like we always do here on the MPSL Soccer Show. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we got our guest tonight, and uh, joining me right now, he is the owner and chairman of the uh, Contra Costa FC, and it is the one and only Mr. Gus Laredo joining me tonight. Uh, Gus, good evening. How are you, and welcome to the show, sir. Well, good evening. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Well, thank you for taking the invitation and coming on. Um, obviously, this is uh, the first year, the expansion year for your club in Contra Costa uh, over in the NPSL. Just for all of us that uh, are not familiar with your club, where are you located? And how long has it taken you to get this club ready to go? Um, yes, so, so Contra Costa FC is located in the East Bay of San Francisco. So we're about 22 miles from San Francisco. Club's been around since 2015. We've played in other leagues, um, and over the past year, we evaluated uh, elevating our club uh, after I took over last February, right at the beginning, uh, 
of this uh, wonderful pandemic. <laughs> yes, it's absolutely <laughs> fantastic. Sarcasm yeah. said nobody, but <laughs> well, I hope you got your vaccination. So <laughs> not yet, not yet. <laughs> not yet. Well, hopefully you will. Um, so yeah, right. Uh, you're in the East Bay of San Francisco now. For those of us uh, not familiar with that area, um, the East Bay would that be where uh, near Candlestick Park used to be, or is this further uh, no. further away? Yeah, no, further away. So Candlestick Park to the south of San Francisco. So, so San Francisco, take the Bay, Bay Bridge, you get into Oakland, right? That's that's mm-hmm. east. And if you go if you go further, another nine or ten miles, that's where Walnut Creek is. So it's a little further in. All right, that's so, wonderful uh, to hear. So, please continue. No, no, so to give you a little bit more. So we're again, we're about twenty-two miles from San Francisco. We're about sixty-five, seventy miles from Sacramento. Oh, that's not bad, actually. You're in between. I mean, to me, that sounds like you got the three major cities in the Bay Area, obviously. Well, four if you want to count San Jose, obviously. But uh, San Francisco, Sacramento, and Oakland. That's not bad. That's a very good location right there. It is. It's, it's uh, you know, with San Jose being obviously, you know, out of 40 miles, whatever, south of San Francisco, and Oakland now having the roots. Um, and, and Sacramento Republic doing such a great job. I mean, we're surrounded by some, some quality organizations, um, and there's a tremendous amount of talent in the area. Now, talking about the talent in the area, I mean, obviously we all know the local places um, in the United States. We know we talk about like St. Louis. We always talk about uh, in New Jersey, northern New Jersey. Uh, of course, we've seen some great, great talented players coming out of California, some from Los Angeles. What is it about your area uh, that you find the players that wants to come to play for Contra Costa and, of course, um, the plethora of probably the um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, I guess the uh, the partnerships that you make in the area to bring these kids over to your club. Yeah, so that's a great question. So if you look at the East Bay where we're located, right, um, we're, we're mm-hmm. surrounded by some a lot of uh, heavily influenced Latino communities, right? So um, you have you have Oakland. You've got the Richmond area, you've got the Concord area, Antioch, Pittsburgh areas. Um, and, and there's a really uh, a deep, rich Latino culture, sir. Um, so, so the player, you know, in the, in the Latino culture, it's soccer, football tends to be usually the first sport. So um, there are players uh, that truly are gifted in the area. I, I, I tell friends from outside the area that, just in particular, like the Richmond area, I mean, you could build a, a youth national team with the amount of talent there, just just there. Um, the, the challenge, of course, um, is is the development, right? Um, and, and that's mm-hmm. why I really kind of got into uh, the NPSL is because I wanted to build a platform, right? Um, Contra Costa FC, although I've been involved from the outside with Contra Costa FC since 2015, um, when I decided to take the, this leap is I wanted to build a platform. There's just far too much talent in the area that doesn't get the opportunity. And, and I wanted to build a no pay to play model. Um, and we're fortunate that we can do that. 
for the MPSL team, but we're also uh, in the process of partnering with some youth clubs, uh, but the only youth clubs that really value development over uh, really winning, to be honest, uh, at the younger ages. Um, and mm-hmm. that, that said, we're also in the process of uh, announcing some partnerships. We just announced last week or this week um, a partnership with a third division Spanish club, CF Motril, south of Barcelona. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that sporting huh? relationship will allow us – I'm sorry? I said, oh, I didn't know that. Oh, that's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. So we, we just announced it. So, so that, that sporting partnership really allows us to send players to Spain – uh, to train with the first team, play on the second team, and, and if they have the talent to stick around, right? Um, and and that's, mm-hmm. a, that's a partnership that, that we're actually, uh, at no cost to the players, going to be sending them there, right? Um, but mm-hmm. part of that, that journey for the players is they have to be in the right system when they're younger to get developed properly. And, and, mm-hmm. and NPSL for us is part of that platform. Let me ask you this. I mean, like you've said, we're seeing kids right now that we've never heard of, and they're getting opportunities now, um, I guess, with clubs here in the States. And then, you know, they're getting those opportunities and being recognized by some of the uh, top clubs, and even if not the top clubs, at least the top uh, European countries that they're looking for players, whether it be from within their own nation or coming from the United States. Now you're seeing players like Giovanni Reina, uh, Weston McKenney, um, you know, Sergino Dest, and we, we yeah. all know about Christian Pulisic. Uh, and I'll even go to the, Flor- the Floridian kid who's 16 years old who's in Barcelona as well, Conrad De La Fuente, you know, what he right. was able to do to get over there. Um, have you had phone calls? From these clubs, like you said, you, you're with a partnership with a Division Three club that's just within Barcelona. I mean, did they ever come over, like del- a delegation come over to watch what you do at Contra Costa before you even made this leap to NPSL? So we've had, you know, being in the area we're in and the connections that we have into the marketplace, uh, we're fortunate that we can invite um, people that played in MLS have been executives in MLS to come out and watch uh, some of the trainings, uh, a game or two, but more of the trainings. Um, th- look, the talent is here. It, it really is, right? I mean, the, the, the U.S. market, mm-hmm. with the athleticism has always been here, right? Um, it's mm-hmm. one of those things where, where those names you mentioned, those top-tier players, uh, there's a lot more of those guys here. And not just in this area, in this country, right? And 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 now mm-hmm. it's being validated, right? So you know, by 2024, the next couple of years here, you're going to see uh, a huge wave of U.S. players going to Europe, and some going to South America. But but you're going to see a huge, huge wave. So that's why you know, you know, we took this past year, this this ugly past year where we couldn't play soccer. And we invested heavily, right? I mean, there's another couple of partnerships we're announcing very soon here um, that will show that we're, we truly believe in, in creating a path for these younger players, right? It's not just, you know, just everybody talks, nobody delivers, right? I mean, we're really investing money, uh, and we're creating this path. So I think by 2024, a couple of years before the World Cup is here, you're going to see a tremendous amount of, of 
outside forces looking to get into the U.S. market uh, and drive players into their markets, their academies at a younger age. And that's fantastic to hear. You know, I always believed that we have talented players here too. It's not just the traditional areas like in uh, Western Europe or even in South America. We all know (laughs) the years and years of talented players that have been born in all these countries that have done so well, not just from within, but, you know, abroad as well. But I've always believed that we have talented players. We have talented players the systems are good we all know the pay-to-play situation is a really a terrible but to see what you've done and to hear from what you've done i should say um to build uh these talented players to give them an opportunity to show that talent and now you know you can display them in the mpsl into a bigger league as well as the partnerships you've made i mean you really have to pat yourself on the back and hopefully we can have one of these kids that you can just go up to a microphone and say, look at this kid, what he's done uh, on the club level in a higher league, in a higher division, and look where he is now one day. Maybe the U.S. men's national team, or even maybe the under-20s or the under-17s. I mean, that, that would be yeah. a great feather in your cap, especially for the club as well. Yeah, no, thank you. And, and, and honestly, I mean, it's the, the proof is in the pudding at the end of the day, right? I mean, I, my, my mm-hmm. son is 17 years old, plays in a very, very good club. Uh, you know, he was the youngest kid on the team, a U19 team last year. Um, and of the eight graduating seniors in high school in that club, seven went to college to play soccer, and 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 six were Latinos. So, so we take that that philosophy into the NPSL side as well, right? I mean, our our philosophy, mm-hmm. uh, uh, our platform is either you want to go to college and play soccer, right, or you want to go down the mm-hmm. path of pro, right. If you're looking for Sunday league stuff, that's just not us. There's nothing wrong with that, but that's just not us because we're investing our money for a brighter future for, for you guys because in the future you can give back just like we're giving back to you guys, right? And we truly believe that, right? And there's just so much talent. I mean, when you look at the, the player pool at the, at the national level, right, um, well, well, yep. look at the young youth level talent pool, right? When you go watch a lot of top-tier games, uh, there's a lot of really great Latino players. But what happens by the time they are U20, U23, you don't see them on the national level, right? And, and a lot of it has to do pay-to-play models. Right. So, so that's where we're, we're kind of stepping in, trying to help do our part at least um, and, and create these opportunities. And, and we have some early wins um, that we'll, you know, we'll be announcing soon uh, where these players are getting looked at and getting opportunities. That's great. That's awesome to hear. Well, you're going to be in the uh, Golden Gate Conference of the uh, West Region of the NPSL Academica, uh, El Farolito, FC Davis, Napa Valley, uh, 1839, Oakland Stompers, Sacramento Gold, and Sonoma County Soul. Um, I mean, it sounds like to me you're going to have a local rivalry probably more with Oakland Stompers than the rest, even though it's within the state and area uh, of that uh, part of the league. But, you know, how difficult will this le- this uh, conference be for your side? And how confident are you you're going to rattle off some solid victories here? Yeah, this conference is tough. Um, I haven't had an opportunity to watch uh, too many com- other conferences play, but I've, you know, I- I've watched these teams play and, 
there are some tough, tough teams, honestly. And again, it's just because of the, the, the amount of talent in Northern California. So, you know, I think, uh, you know, we, our, our coach brings a ton of experience. He played professionally in South America, right? He's coached national teams in South America at the youth level as well. So we have a lot of experience on the coaching side and teaching. Um, you know, we'll, come, we'll go into this season with uh, uh, a, a little bit of youth and as well as uh, some, some experienced players that have played maybe USL Championship and USL 1 on this roster uh, to really kind of guide the youngers, right? Um, so I, I expect we'll do well, mm-hmm. um, but it, this, is, this is a journey. This is a journey, right? I mean, it, it, this is the long term, and we're building something special, we hope. And uh, obviously that one hope is to reach the U.S. Open Cup uh, in the NPSL. How special would that be uh, for your club and for the air, and the people in the area to see your club going on the, uh, the national uh, club championship tournament uh, if you get that opportunity? Oh, obviously that's, uh, you know, that's the bright lights the players want to see. Right. And, and for the community, right. Again, everything about this mm-hmm. platform is truly for the community. So um, we will get there uh, someday uh, sooner rather than later, I hope, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> um, yeah, it, it really, it, it would be special. It would be special. And, and it would be a catalyst just to accelerate our roadmap. Absolutely. And, you know, that's the one day, uh, the one moment right there. Get to that Open Cup tournament, uh, get ready for the first round draw, who you'll be drawn with, and uh, hopefully a big, big moment for everyone as uh, we get to that level, especially for Contra Costa. It should be a lot of fun. Gus, thank you so much for your time. Uh, I truly appreciate it. Good luck in 2021, and hopefully everyone will be able to go out and. you know, that they can show what Contra Costa FC uh, is going to be about. Thank you so much. I appreciate the time tonight. Cheers. Thank you. Cheers. Have a good night. Uh, Gus Laredo, owner and chairman of the Contra Costa FC Club in the Golden Gate Conference. It's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be exciting, and hopefully we can uh, have some fun there. Next up, of course, uh, this gentleman is in the southeastern part of the United States at the Peach State, and this is the owner of the Georgia Revolution. Uh, Mr. Eric Morrison is joining me today and uh, talking about his club. Eric, good after- excuse me, good evening. How are you tonight, and what's going on today? Oh, I'm doing great. Um, I mean, we're just busily prepping for our season. Isn't that wonderful? Isn't that great to say that you're prepping for your season? Uh, after, after not being able to play last year, we're all so excited to get back out on the field. I mean, the players are just, you know, over overjoyed to have an opportunity to be out there. Uh, the coaching staff, um, it's really going to be good to be back on the MPSL field again. No, I agree with you there. And, you know, that must have been probably – I know everyone, uh, every owner, every club had to go straight to the meeting to talk about last year. You know, that must have been probably the most difficult decision um, that everyone had to make was to not play a season at all uh, during this whole pandemic. It's definitely a hard choice, but it was the right choice. Um, I think Mm -hmm. the executive committee made the right decision. Um, You know, 
candidly, we probably couldn't have played anyway because they shut down community use for all the school stadiums, and we used a high school stadium. Um, we did end up playing, yeah. putting our local team into the NIS Independent Cup, but those were all away games. And I think a lot of owners were in the same situation. I mean, mm-hmm. no matter how bad we wanted to play, it was completely unrealistic and also very unsafe to try to play where you're selling tickets and stands. And you know, there were a lot of precautions in the tournament that we played in. And, you know, those precautions are very costly. And I think at the MPSL level, you know, cost is always very important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I agree with you there. Absolutely agree with you there. I mean, um, you know, I mean, thankfully, I got my vaccination today. I'm very happy I got vaccinated. I wanted to be vaccinated because... No, thank you. <laughs> uh, hopefully you were too. Um, I mean, you well, know, the, I didn't quite get a vaccination. That... I got COVID back in December, so I've got antibodies right oh, now. I geez. think. <laughs> All right, well, I'm, gl- I'm glad you're doing. Well, I'm glad you're doing good. I'm glad you survived it, and you know, I, yeah, I don't want anyone too. to get sick off really, but yeah, of course. <laughs> but I gotta tell you, um, you know, you know, hopefully, you know, this is going to be towards the first step of uh, getting back to normal obviously some sort of normalcy and we can just uh, go back and you know do everything we can uh you know just to get back to a a regular situation of course but you know your club uh has been around for a very very long time uh you're I know you're outside of Atlanta um and you know you're you're getting tons and tons of uh obviously expansion sides they're coming into your conference obviously Georgia Storm is one of them I mean, you know, you're probably looking at them as a probably a brand new rival for your club. Uh, for 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 those of us that are not familiar with the Georgia Revolution, how long has the club been around, and what have you done so far? Well, originally the club was under um, Rockdale Youth Soccer. Um, they started in the NPSL in 2011. I think w- probably there's maybe five teams that have been in the NPSL longer than us. Um, in 2016, mm-hmm. I took over uh, the youth club. Had decided financially it it was just a little much for them, um, so myself and some partners took over, and um, we've been around ever since. You know, you mentioned Georgia Storm coming in. It's actually uh, Stephen Bivens, their GM, is one of our former players. Um, so there's an instant uh-huh. rivalry. I mean, we 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 all know each other. Um, you know, I've had I've had a lot of people comment, "Oh, you guys have been around forever. You should wipe the conference out." Which I mean, obviously, I would like to. But, you know, all these new teams, they might be new to the MPSL, but these GMs are not new to soccer. Uh, they know exactly no. what they're doing. I, I think I think the Southeast is going to be that beaten, bruised conference that it always should be. It's always been a tough conference. Um, you know, just getting out of conference playoffs is, is almost a miracle. <laughs> you know, it's just a, a amazing how, how, how difficult this conference is. And I think it's going to continue that way. I'm I'm looking forward to seeing the new teams. I'm really excited that we have now have three teams in Georgia. We also have LSA, which is up in a Lake Lanier area. And um, okay, you know we're gonna it's going to be fun. Um, I'm it, I'm really yeah. excited, no. especially with Georgia Storm because we all know each other. I mean, mm-hmm. like we really all know each other well. It's going to be a good. Time. <laughs> Oh, I bet it will be. I mean, you got – I mean, probably the furthest north you're going to have to go is in Louisville, Kentucky uh, against Metro Louisville FC. Uh, there's Appalachian mm-hmm. FC, of course, northern Alabama is probably the, uh, more west to you. Um, right. I mean, to me, it, it looks like 
you're going to have tons of competition up and down this conference. It's really going to be tough. It is, and it, but that's how it should be, though, right? I mean, you know, nobody wants to be in a soft conference, go 10-0, and 0, get the regional playoffs, and get blown out because they didn't play anybody. You know, you should that's have right. to earn it if you're going to win a conference. It needs to be hard. I mean, you know, we've certainly had our struggles on the field. Uh, you know, we last couple of years we did a little better. We had a few years there where we had some hiccups. Um, and then, you know, early on we made it to the U.S. Open Cup twice. Uh, we're trying to get back oh, yes. there now. Um our new coaching staff's unbelievable. You know, we brought in Ricky Davey, who's the assistant at Georgia State, and he just has tentacles everywhere. I mean, I think we've – at this point, we've settled on about 16 or 18 players. We're going to carry a roster of about 30, most likely. It's sort of how we do it every year due to injuries, red cards, um, kids being kids and decide they want to go home for the summer halfway through the season. Um, yep. So we're going to be – the ones we've signed now, and, and, you know, we've announced quite a few of them, Every one of those guys are strong players. It's uh, I think we're getting eight or nine Atlanta United Academy products. Uh huh. And uh, they do a very good job of producing youth, a very good job. So um, is those those kids have now filtered into college, and they're you know some of them are seniors in college now. I mean they're they're very good players. I'm excited for the opportunity to have them. No, that's fantastic to hear. Obviously, unfortunately, the Silverbacks uh, are no longer around as much as I know. But uh, have you like uh, taken some of those players from it, from the Silverbacks and uh, a while ago, I guess, and and engulfed them into your academy as well or into your club? Over time, we've had some, uh, you know, but they were an hour plus away from us, and. Uh, mm-hmm. So a lot of those players didn't come to us. We've had some like Alex Harley, Dion McCauley, some very good players that have came to us from them in the past. Um, it, was, it was always a rivalry. That's what I really miss about it. I mean, you know, we're your typical NPSL team. We get, you know, three to 500 fans a game. We played, we hosted the Silverbacks on a Wednesday night and had, a, had about 800 people there on a Wednesday night. Nobody comes to soccer on Wednesday My night. God. I mean, it was because it was it was because of our rivalry. You know, we love to hate one another, and it was a rivalry. Those, mm-hmm. games, were, those games were rough on both sides because we everybody wanted to win. Um, so I, I really do miss them being in the league. I I think they were a big name for the league. They had some internal issues, which is why they ended up having full. They tried to go professional, Well, they changed names and then tried to go professional. I'm not really involved in the inner works of their club, but I, I know there was some apparently right. there were some issues there and. and and it's just they just folded, um, but it's a shame we lost that organization. I mean, Silverbacks—they're—that's a big name, and it's not. I mean, it's a shame U.S. Soccer has lost the Silverbacks, not just the MPSL. That was when my kids were small mm-hmm. before we had a team. We used to go to Silverbacks games uh, back. I remember right. watching them playing a national championship against the Cosmos. It's, it's too bad they folded. Yeah, I agree with you there. I mean, I felt bad for them too. I remember a while ago. Um, now I don't know if you were part of the revolution or not. Like you said, you and your you have you and your partners picked them up the revolution a while ago. But I remember the uh, <laughs> uh, I was host I host a, a U.S. Open Cup uh, review show every season. Obviously, we have to wait and see what's going to be um, for this format. But I remember very very clearly it was the head coach of the Georgia Revolution at the time. I forget who it was. But he did say that um, 
previewing their next match in the Open Cup was against then the Atlanta Silverbacks. And this, these were the words I remembered very, very clearly. There will be blood. I remember that game. That was Sprague was his last name. I can't remember his first name now. The Silverbacks mm-hmm. ended up winning, mm-hmm. I think, 1-0. to zero. Uh, Cox got the goal, if I recall right. It's crazy I can remember that game because it was one of the best lower division games I've ever seen. And it was, it was a typical Silverbacks revolution battle. It was fantastic to watch. Oh, I bet it was. I mean, that's what you love to hear uh, about these things. That's this is what you love to talk about. You know, I mean, obviously there is a respect, but at the same time, you want to kill each other. You want to go out and you oh. want to show who runs the, who runs the pitch. You know? Yeah. For, for for ninety minutes, we're not friends at all. No. <laughs> and and I'd say that goes for every game. I mean, if you know, I. You know, I want players that are going in hard on tackles that aren't afraid to get their head into a into a ball, you know, and get stick their neck out if they have to, and just be out there with some some grit. And I think it makes it fun. I don't mean playing dirty, but I mean playing to win. No, um, that's right. And and those games are exciting. I mean, you know, you don't want to watch anybody out there half step at it. It's it's a matter of going that's out right. there and just leaving it all on the field for ninety minutes. And and that's something I think the whole Southeast Conference has always been like that. I mean. New Orleans is now down in the Gulf Coast, but every game we have with New Orleans was just it, – it was it, it, they're tough games. I mean, very physical games. And our guys loved it. Their guys loved it. The fans loved it. It's how it should be. That's right. That's right. That's how it's got to be. Or else it's, everyone's going to be half uh... – Half uh, stepping it, and uh, then it doesn't mean anything. You got to go out there, and you got to show not just who's boss, but you know who's the better side. And you know if you're going to lose those types of games, then it's not going to be fun to watch when it comes to the big, big rivalry games. Obviously, so that sounds oh, like it, you know uh, tons of tons of books you can write about. You know this game, that game. Well, this is what happened, and this goal, this is the tackle this guy received or gave, and it was really. You know, you you love that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like I said. I, the more we talk about, it, the more excited I am about the NPSL season starting back up. To be honest, we're sitting here. I'm getting more excited about it. It's I can't there wait to go. get that feeling that the field in the stadium. You know, we had a game. I mentioned New Orleans, and you know, it got it got very physical. You know, they they got a PK that was a the referee was having a bad night. It was definitely the guy was away from three feet, but I'm can't believe I still remember that play either. I'm just still complaining about it. But uh, so they end up winning the game. <laughs> and as an owner, it was so much fun to listen to the grief that our fans were giving to everyone who was not a revolution player. It was it was just fun. And we had quite a few people in the stands that night, you know, four or five hundred and they were loud and they were passionate. And I was like, man, this is what minor league soccer is about. You know, it, it's there's a feel there. It's, you know, I love going to Atlanta United games, but it's not the same as when you get, you know, 500 truly passionate people who know the players, who know the owners, who know the, the coaches in those stands in a small stadium. It just, you know, letting their voice be heard. And it's a lot of fun. Let me throw this at you. Obviously, the Open Cup is the uh, 
the big all end all tournament to get into and uh, qualify for. Obviously, the Revolution has been in the Open Cup a couple of times in the past. Now that you know that you have Atlanta United in MLS and you hope to probably get to that third round or fourth round when uh, you know, you're going to hopefully get drawn with Atlanta United, what would that mean to you, whether it be at your field or at their field? What would that mean to you that'd all be, throughout the state? Revolution, I mean, that would be Atlanta a dream United. come true, you know. I mean, for the Revolution as an organization, it's huge, but I think it's even bigger for the players. You know, for for our players to get to go out there and be on the stage with Atlanta United, whether it's at our venue or their venue, I mean, what an opportunity. You know, think about it. I mean, that's what – especially, you know, the local guys we have playing for us that maybe came up to the Atlanta United Academy, and now they're playing at a university and they come back. And, I mean, I can only imagine how excited they would be to be, you know, in Mercedes-Benz Stadium in front of 50,000 fans. I mean, what an experience for those kids. And I've seen experience for me, for the coaches, you know, for the entire staff. But I, I, it, it would mean everything for us to get an opportunity to do that. It would be the biggest thing our club has done to that date, most likely. I can't wait for that day to come, and you'll be on ESPN Plus, and you'll be seen throughout the country. I cannot wait for that day when it does happen. Well, Mr. Morrison, thank you so much for being with me today. Uh, good luck this year, and uh, enjoy the season. And I hope uh, you get a couple of big, big wins over that Georgia Storm team. I thank you so much. <laughs> I hope so, too. Thank you. Okay, good night. Good night. Thank you very much. Eric Morrison, owner of the Georgia Revolution. And boy, oh boy, was that ever an emotional uh, conversation about you know his club. Now, brand new uh, people here, of course, for FC Arizona, and this is the technical director of FC Arizona, and that's Mr. Dave Rogers, who's joining me tonight, and a bit of a background, uh, amazing stuff I've read about him. Dave, good evening, and how are you? Good evening, Dan. How are you doing, sir? Very well, sir. Welcome to the show, and... uh, how does it feel right now to uh, get ready for a brand-new season of the MPSL uh, with FC Arizona ready to go? Yeah, it, listen, it's, it's finally we're getting light at the end of the tunnel, Dan. Um, it's been obviously very frustrating, for not just for sports people, but for, for, for the public in general and um, with everything that's gone on with this pandemic. But um, we've got a great group of lads at FC Arizona. They've been eager to continue training. Um, they've been eager to get back into you know competitive football, and we're just absolutely delighted, and we're excited to get to get the ball rolling again. Let me ask you this: I mean, obviously, we've talked uh, to some of these owners, some of these uh, coaches about the level of talent that is within their areas, whether it be in the Northeast, in the Southeast, of course, California. What is it about Arizona that you get charged? to bring in quality, technical, talented players to represent that badge and that club? Dan, I think what, we, what we've tried to create within our club, we're creating a culture that's based on, you know, on our, our players of the local area. Um, I, I have seven or eight first-team players now that coach regularly within our academy, um, which is fantastic for the club. 
and it's it's especially fantastic for for the parents and the community to see that some of the people that they come and watch playing in the league games are now you know giving their ideas and, and implementing their you know their their coaching qualifications within the club philosophy that we've we've implemented. Um, we've a fantastic new owner. Obviously, Jamie Landerman has been been amazing since he took he took over the club, and he's gave me the freedom to go and produce you know a structure, a curriculum that we believe is is pivotal in in the growth of FC Arizona. And it's like I said, we're we're fully focused on local players, developing players through our system. And just be, you know, giving people an opportunity that they can come to FC Arizona and really embrace it and and be part of a family club. And that's fantastic to hear. What type of system do you uh, like to see? And of course, with your you know being with the coaching staff as well, what communication have you had to put out? Like you know, your stamp. We always talk about in the United States and probably even in football clubs all over Europe, you know, the communication that goes on between technical director, general manager, uh, coaching staff, what have you spoken about your staff with moving these players forward and how you want to get the jobs done? I I think, first of all, Dan, there's no right or wrong way. You've got to find, for me, it's all about the people. You can have any qualification you have in the world, it doesn't make you a good person. So the big thing for me is, you know, people will forget what you tell them and forget what you show them, but they'll never forget how you treat them. And we want people coming to FC Arizona feeling special, feeling appreciated, and knowing that we'll give them, you know, every opportunity to progress, not just on the field, but also become better people and progress off the field. So that's the big thing we're trying to implement. It's massive to get out and about with the local community and the public and just say, look, you know, it, it doesn't matter what level of performance you're at as, as a young player. We want to give you an opportunity to come and enjoy yourself, come and be part of this, this structure and philosophy that myself and Jamie and the coaches are putting together, but also give them the pathway. There's a lot of young players in, in the USA that sort of go missing between college age and, you know, getting into USL or NPSL, sort of, you know, that, that age bracket when they come, you know, between 17 to 21, they sort of go missing out the game. What we've done at, at FC Arizona, we've created a pathway. We've our, our NPSL first team, we've a UPSL under 23 development team, and we're going to be bringing in a, a U19 team this season as well. And we've got that structure now from the whole academy system, from our grassroots and recreation program into our pre-development phase, into the foundation phase, our youth development phase, and then obviously into our senior phase of the U23s and the first team. You know, you must have traveled a lot. You've done probably amazing things in different places. Uh, You must have adapted many, many times, uh, different places to be, you know, different countries, obviously. You know, you've been in South Korea. um, You've been in India. But the one thing I think... Uh, in my mind, uh, an amazing club within itself, and they have every right to call themselves an amazing club. Of course, Liverpool, that won their Premier League title last year, and obviously you must have a soft spot for uh, Liverpool finally winning that elusive Premier League trophy. But uh, what have you learned from them that you're going to bring over for FC Arizona and these players, to ad- if, whether you're adapting to them or they will adapt to you? 
Dan, you, you know, it's working for Liverpool Football Club for the six years I was there as the International Academy manager was an absolute honour and a privilege. Um, I've learned so much, uh, not just about how to coach, but how to deal with people, how to, how to be a, a proper leader. Um, what, what I'm trying to bring is a simplicity. What I, what I realised at Liverpool, and people, people try to compli- complicate the game, Dan, and this game is a simple and effective game. Um, there's too many people out there that try and, you know, they try and reinvent the wheel. What we try and do is just bring it simple. We simplify it. We want to make it enjoyable. We want to make the atmosphere and the environment a place where, you know, parents, young players, first-team players, coaches want to come back and say, I want to be part of that atmosphere. I want to be part of the growth of FC Arizona. We know our limits. You know, we're not, we're not sitting here saying, oh, we want to be in the MLS and we want to conquer MLS. We, we don't. We know our limits, but we also want to be a right good breeding, breeding ground where local players in the state of Phoenix and, and within Arizona can say, you know what, there's good people at that club who are there for the right reasons. We're not just, you know, the likes of myself. I'm not just a guy who has an accent that can talk the talk but can't walk the walk. Um, I, I prefer honesty, integrity, values, um, and I try and embed that with, with my staff. We're constantly in dialogue. You know, every week we have a technical staff meeting where we'll we'll talk about each other, talk about what we've done throughout the week, implement ideas. You know, go through structures. How can we improve as individuals? Uh, so I think you know, communication and everybody being on the right page is paramount to be a successful soccer club and. That's one thing I really believe in, and it's a lot of things I took away from my time at Liverpool, which was trying not to complicate things, just be simple and be effective. You'll be located in the Southwest Conference. You're going to be taking on clubs like AS Los Angeles, ASC San Diego, High Desert Elite FC, Las Vegas Legends, and, of course, Temecula. These are clubs that uh, obviously you cannot take lightly. This is going to be a tough uh, conference for yourself, obviously with FC Arizona. How, fo- how much are you looking forward to finally getting some matches under your belt once we get this league season started? Yeah, we're delighted, Dan. And, and you've just mentioned the clubs there. And it's great that those clubs are still you know, working hard behind the scenes. And I know Brandon, at Temecula especially, I have a lot of time for Brandon. He's been trying to do the right things for years now. And obviously all the other clubs you've mentioned, they're really good clubs. You know, they focus on, you know, getting young players through the system. And that's the way it should be. We're excited. We'll welcome all of these teams once again with open arms. And likewise, they'll, they'll be the same with us when we play them at their location. I think as a whole, it's just fantastic that we're getting back to normal. If we call it normality, you know, I know there's, it's going to be a shorter season. But it's a season that we're just absolutely relishing. Um, I'm looking forward to, to coming up against the, co- the coaches and the staff and the management of the opposition teams. And one thing I want to, you know, our opposition teams to know is that they have an ally with us at FC Arizona. We just want to help the game grow. We want to help clubs grow together. Because it's not about being in competition and, and being against each other, Dan. If we want to make this a success within USA Soccer, we've got to be able to work together. We've got to be able to, you know, pit ideas with each other, you know, reach out to each other. Because at the end of the day, we're only going to grow the game by, by working together and making the system, you know, stronger, making the players more, you know, 
giving the players that opportunity to go and play at a higher level if that's what it is. And also just being being a, a, a family of football people that are doing it for the right reasons. So we're really excited. Have you uh, have you talked to the people at USL Championship Club, Phoenix Rising? Um, you know, obviously that Didier Drogba's side, uh, he's part owner of that club. Have you spoken with them, you know, uh, sharing ideas maybe, uh, you know, will you be feeding maybe some of their pl- some of your players to them if you have a successful season? Dan, one thing I done when I took over at FC Arizona um, 16 months ago was to, to forge and build a friendship and a relationship with everyone at FC Arizona. Um, they're, they're a fantastic club. I've got some really good contacts there. Um, Peter Ramage, who, who left a couple of months ago, was the assistant coach to Rick Chance. Peter's one of my close friends, and he helped me bridge that gap where myself and Rick have built up a great relationship. Steve Cook, the director of football. Um, you know, Bobby Dool is doing a fantastic job as the general manager. So, yeah, absolutely, the relationship has grown from strength to strength. And that's my, my whole point is that, you know, We've got to be. We've got to be looking at, at Phoenix Rising and saying, "Great role model." You know, they're our neighbours. We're proud of what they're doing. Um, I've also in it last season, and I'm really grateful to Rick. I loaned um, a goalkeeper, Brandon Keniston, from Phoenix Rising. So that's where that relationship building and that that trust and the loyalty shows. Um, we were off, we were able to get Brandon first team football. Obviously, it was going well until the pandemic kicked in. But absolutely, I'm, I'm not one of these people who closes my door and I'm a closed book. I want to be open, I want to be honest, and I want to say to people, listen, let's work together. Let's try and embrace you know, this, this beautiful game, but do it the right way and do it with, with, a, with a friendship. Do it with, a, with a, you know, a happy atmosphere and do it with an outcome that it's not about egos. It's not about you know, who, who's, who can achieve this and who can achieve that. You know, let's let's bash our heads together and really come up with some really good ideas and be positive in, in the growth of USA soccer. You know, I try not to put the cart in front of the horse, obviously, but uh, I'd like to ask the questions uh, that, you know, uh, these clubs uh, want to probably not talk about so much, but, you know, it's okay to dream. It's okay to think about what would happen one day that this particular club will become part of something special. Obviously, that's the U.S. Open Cup. Uh, how exciting would it be for this club to qualify, move forward, and you know get that big opportunity for the national championship of this nation uh, in its uh, in U.S. soccer? Yeah, and look, Dan, we, we we were actually in the competition last this time last year. We were we were ready. To, I think we were playing Golden State away. And the winner of that game would have been playing Phoenix Rising, which would have been amazing for us at FC Arizona. It would have been a derby game, and it was really positive and something that we were really, you know, looking forward to. Again, um, hopefully, we, we, you know, the powers that be will, we might get that selection again for moving forward this year. We're ready for it. We're, we're going to embrace it if we get selected. Be ready to be adaptable to any situation, Dan. And the big thing for us as well, like you just said, and obviously with the, your fellow guests who've been on before me and obviously with Brandon following me. Um, getting the MPSL season up and running again is massive because there's a lot of good people behind the scenes at every club. There's a lot of people working tirelessly to, to, to get soccer going again. And, 
you know, it, we're just excited. And we, we don't look any further than, I know it's an old cliche, but we don't look any further than the next game. So for ourselves, it's getting through pre-season and, and focusing on the first league game, which, you know, hopefully is getting very close now. Absolutely, and I can't wait for that moment to happen. And I'll hope to watch you guys on National ESPN Plus, and we'll have some fun. Dave, thank you very much for your time. Good luck this year. I know you're chomping at the bit to get out on the pitch. I'm chomping on the I'm chomping on the bit to watch something going forward, and I cannot wait to see what's going to happen for FC FC Arizona this season. Thank you very much. Have a good night, and I'll talk to you soon. Thank you very much, Dan. All the best, and take care. All right, take care now. Dave Rogers, technical director, head coach, FC Arizona. It's going to be a lot of fun. And as we move forward here, I'm excited to have this NPSL season getting underway. I cannot wait. Now we're going to talk to a, oh, my God, it's an actually a repeat guest. This has never happened before. Never has this happened before. But I'm happy he's the first one. Jantz. Temecula FC, the uh, <clears throat> excuse me, the owner of Temecula FC, of course. Brandon, welcome back, and how are you? Yeah, can you hear me? Can you hear me? I hear you loud and clear. Oh, champion Daniel, how are you? Okay. Very well, doing very well. Uh, I finally got my va- my first vaccination today, so I was very excited about that, and can't wait for my second one. But um, you know, as we begin a brand new year of uh, the MPSL. Obviously last year um your your club and some of the leagues in or should I say some of the conferences um in the West region did start to play some matches until this pandemic really came and really hit everyone hard. Um how difficult was that for you to find out that you weren't going to play any more games hopefully until the start of this particular season? Well, like looking back, like look, looking at it now, it doesn't seem like a big deal, you know, because the the whole country's been through a year of this. But when it first started happening, you know, everybody's talking, our staff, our players, you know, they're like, is this is this real? Nobody could believe that this was going on, um, and so it was it was a little unreal. Um, but then, you know, the reality sets in and you're being told by your league you can't play any more matches, you're being told by your state you need to stay in your home, you know, and it is what it is. So we had to deal with it. It wasn't good for anybody in in our country unless you make masks, you know. Um, and, you know, we, we just try to move forward. Yeah. No, I understand. you got to trudge along. you got to try and do it as safely as possible and, you know, you have no choice. You know, everything gets stopped, and uh, hopefully everything is going well uh, with you and your family. Uh, and, of course, uh, brand-new season getting underway very soon. How excited is everyone, including, obviously, your coaching staff, uh, uh, the, the parent, you know, the players and, uh, and the people in the town getting ready for another Temecula season and moving forward? Yeah, I think everybody's excited, you know. I mean – like like I said, it's been it's been literally one year since um, we've had the first team out, our MPSL team out playing a match uh, with supporters and what we would consider being normal, being a football club. So 
everybody's excited. No one knows what to expect. Um, we brought the players in this last Saturday for the first uh, training in preseason. And, you know, there's a lot of work to be done. Austin has a lot of work with the boys to be done. Um, but they need to take it on their shoulders in terms of, you know, being out for a year. We came in for a little bit as things started to open up. And then it got shut down again. And then we came back in again. Um, and it got shut down again. So it's kind of been a roller coaster ride of what to do. I think everybody at this point right now is just really praying that, you know, we don't get shut down again, that this is going to continue no matter what, continue with being a football club, helping these players, help develop them, and get the supporters back out there because they miss being a part of a football club. Exactly. And all I can do is just be as patient as possible and move forward. So, you know, when when I look um, at your conference right now, and obviously there's been a lot of changes, there's been – um, you know, some clubs that have been uh, removed, they've, they've obviously have shut down or um, they've decided not to uh, play again and stuff like that. You know, when, when you see clubs in your conference right now, obviously Vegas is going to be difficult to play against. FC Arizona, brand new owner. I mean, you know, you, I mean, obviously for you, it's like, you don't have to worry too much. I mean, you know, the owners don't go on the pitch and battle it out, but obviously you battle it out, you know, when you're watching from, you know, uh, a distance and, you know, you probably might have a little bit of a war of words going on left and right. I won't ask what those words are. We all know what those words are. But, you know, when you talk about, you know, a new ownership group uh, for FC Arizona, uh, obviously the same type of, people you've spoken with, you know, in meetings and in, in league meetings, you know, what is, what does this mean for you guys? Obviously you're not friends for 90 minutes, but outside of it, you are. Yeah, I, I think so in a way, but, but I think, I know the MPSO uses that terms um, in terms of, you know, competitors on the pitch, but, you know, business partners off the pitch. But I think, you know, this isn't anything new in the world, you know, Everywhere around the world, football clubs really have a lot of respect. It's only in the U.S. where you have to bring this into factor because the U.S. is a little bit different. There, there isn't a, a real good history boarding respect for clubs. You would, you would never disrespect another football club. You can leave that for the supporters to say rude things, this, that, and the other, but the professionals, the people that are on the staff, the players, you know, at any football club around the world, have a lot of respect for each other. Now, you have your derby matches, you have your, your rivalry, you know, as you would call it here in the U.S., but even at that, for the most part, you'll see there's a lot of respect for the profession. There's a very, 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 very deep respect for what they do on the field. And so, although we have, obviously, people we do not like in the game in terms of rivals or competitors, in the, in the end, every single one of our players and every single one of the players and the staff at other clubs for the most part always wish everybody the best. Obviously, they want to win the game, but they have respect for what they're doing. And that's important, you know. Otherwise, why are we doing this? 
No, absolutely. Ab- you know, <laughs> I mean, you know, you have to go that route, and you have to see I mean, exactly. You know, why are we doing this? What What's the point of it? We all know what the point is. Three points on the line. If you get a draw, you don't want to lose. But three points are always on the line every single match day. We all know this, obviously, and uh, it should be exciting to see what's going to happen out there today. Uh, should excuse me uh, for this brand new season. Uh, um, what meetings have you had? With your players, what have you spoken to them about? And of course, obviously, um, you know all these um, rules about you know making sure that all the players remain healthy, uh, all the players remaining you know good when they are going home from the pitch or even before they come uh, to the pitch to play their matches. Uh, well, we've been very lucky; we haven't had any COVID cases, um, so that's a big positive. But the reality is, I'm not going to lie to you, the players came in overweight. I mean, drastically. And so mm-hmm. the first team staff, often leading that, has a big job to do. Because not only are the players overweight and unfit, that doesn't help with their injuries. So you can't now just, we can't throw players into preseason matches against professional clubs um, because they'll get hurt. You know, they, they're they going to run for 12, 15 minutes, and then they're going to start pulling muscles or something the other. So we have to ease into it. Um, the staff has uh-huh. all talked about that. Make sure that the players are down to the proper weight. Um, make sure that their fitness levels are high enough. And they all know that they're not supposed to be out, you know, hanging out, doing stuff, um, because they can't come into training sessions. They can't be around the other players and potentially bring COVID into our camp. I mean, it's just unacceptable. And they already know if that happens, they're going to be out for two, three weeks. They've been out for a year. None of these players want to be out for another two, three weeks. They all are chomping at the bit to be in the 18 when we select squads for preseason. So I think they're all doing pretty well in terms of taking care of themselves. So what you're saying is that Twinkies have been outlawed. Oh man. Twinkies. Listen, they, these guys should be like, <laughs> I don't know what diet is <laughs> right now, but I'm going to tell you this right now. I mean, it is, uh, I couldn't believe it. You know, when we returned, I was in shock a little bit. And um, Austin had prepared, you know, an hour of fitness. And I talked to him beforehand. <laughs> we discussed the session and, and I said, wow, you know, I want to see these guys touching the ball. Let's see what they can do. We had, we had a lot of new faces in. And then we had some old faces in that were proper pros. You know, they played professional before. We want to see him run. And thank God he changed it to less running because I don't know if some of these players would have made it through it. I mean, they literally had listened to California to a T. Stay in your home. Don't do anything. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I agree. I mean, you don't want them to completely go overboard and come in out of shape and out of weight and they lose their fitness. You know, you got to see what you got. And that must have been hard. You know, you, you, you get yourself ready to go for a season. You start playing a little bit here and there, and then it gets all taken away because of pandemic issues. And um, and it's been a year since they played uh, another match. Yeah, that must have been really, really tough to watch uh, some of the uh, probably the trainings. You know, as they say on the basketball court, suicides will really prove to see how fit they really are. <laughs> Touch the line. Keep going back and forth. <laughs> you should. You should. I'm, I tell you what. You should have seen it. I mean, thank God we didn't have video of the photographers out there, because it would have been embarrassing for some of these young men. They were. They were done after one wow. or two runs. 
Oh yeah, my God, very, no, that's terrible. I, we're very lucky, you know. California's opening up, um, so people are able to play. I know we have Nevada and we have Arizona, where they've been lucky to be able to play matches and um, continue training and stuff like that. But California is now opening up. People are starting to touch the ball. People are able to run. People are able to play. So we have two months pretty much until May, and that's more than enough time for a young man to be fit to be able to play this game for 90 minutes. No, that's fantastic to hear, and I'm happy about that. I mean, have one of them already started the uh, the excuses? Like, I swear to God, they just gave it to me. How can I say no? <laughs> <laughs> no, we, you know – we we try we try to work as hard as we can with our players about being professional. Um, of course. And, you know, it it isn't easy. You know, these are kids that are very high level athletes. And I say kids, but they're young they're young men. They're very high level athletes. Um, and they need a platform and we provide that in the MPSL for these guys to maybe make the step from not working a job, then going to training focusing on their, you know, fitness and diet, this, that, and the other, um, where they can make it a living. And that's what we're here for until we can make it a living for them. And we're paying these players, you know, two grand a month to be able to survive in, in the United States. Yeah. No, absolutely. That's what you got to do. And that's what they have to do too. Like, you know, it's a, it's a partnership. You know, they want to be fit. They want to play. They want to get their minutes. Well, you know, you got to work hard and make sure you stay fit and you don't do anything rash. And uh, that includes going for the, uh, uh, how we call it, the triple scoop vanilla chocolate strawberry with bananas on the side, whipped cream, and cherries on top. Oh, and don't forget the chocolate sauce. Wait, I'm getting hungry now. I got to stop this. Um. <laughs> yeah, no, so we tell them, be a pro before you're a pro. So I have that mentality. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. No, absolutely. But I'm very happy for you and everyone else. You know, you're you're really chomping at the bit, ready to get going, uh, get back into the swing of things, and you know, that's all we can ask for, really. And uh, and I'm also glad to see California reopening. You know, I mean, I I don't like seeing businesses being forced to close, even though it's still a pandemic. You know, that's been going around, but hopefully, um, the numbers are going to get sh- are going to get smaller and they're going to shrink and. You know, we can get full capacity all over the place. And I'm also hoping for Temecula having full capacity at your home stadium because, obviously, uh, we got to get these things going, and hopefully um, you'll be able to host some fans to come on over. I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah, we're, you know, our fans, they want to be back out there. And nobody wants to go to a stadium with no fans and play a game. It's just not the same. Football's not. Football's just not the same without supporters. We've all been watching it for a year all over the world, and everybody wants them back, you know? Mm-hmm. No, absolutely, and I cannot wait to see what's going to happen with your club and all the other clubs going out there. It's going to be fantastic, and we can renew and rekindle those those derby matches and just get it going, get get after it. And three points on the line, as always. Brandon, thank you, as always, for being on the show. Um, I appreciate your time, as always. Thank you so much, uh, please be careful and please continue to be safe and vigilant and uh, you have a good year and good luck. Yeah, you as well. All right, good night. All right, good night. Brandon Jantz, owner of Temecula FC in the western region of the NPSL 
And um, you know, this has been a fun show to do, a fun show to, to discuss. And I gotta say, you know, it, it it's great. It's absolutely great to you know welcome in new owners, new clubs. Obviously, you know, bringing in those clubs that have been a part of the league for a good while now. And uh, you know, once again, this whole situation with the coronavirus. Uh, hopefully everything will start reducing again, hopefully quickly, hopefully all the businesses will be reopening and hopefully all the stadiums are going to be, uh, or athletic complexes, wherever you're going to be playing your games, everything's going to open, everything's going to be there, ready to go, have some fun. And it's just going to be exciting to watch and exciting to see how we're going to do everything in the 2021 season of the National Premier Soccer League. It's going to be exciting to watch. Well, ladies and gentlemen, if I can just say this uh, one more time, this coming Monday night, um, Monday night, February, excuse me, March the 8th, 8 Eastern, 5 o'clock Pacific, um, my officially the 500th episode of the Feuerstein's Fire American Soccer Show. Uh, it's going to be fun. It's going to be exciting to watch, and I cannot wait. Uh, excuse me, not to watch, but to uh Listen, and I cannot wait to get everyone ready to go. For tonight's show, I want to thank my guests, of course, owner and chairman of the Contra Costa FC, Gus Laredo, owner of Georgia Revolution, Eric Morrison, technical director and head coach of FC Arizona, Dave Rogers, and finally, of course, the owner of Temecula FC, Brandon Jantz, joining me today. My name's Daniel Feuerstein. Thank you very much for listening to me tonight. As always, please enjoy your football. This has been... The NPSL Soccer Show, episode number two of the 2021 show season. Thank you so much for listening to me tonight. And as always, please enjoy your football. Remain strong and vigilant. Stay safe, everyone. Please continue to wear your masks. And when this whole situation is done and over with, we can get back to to our normalcy, uh, being back to normal. And we will get back. I know we will. We just got to remain patient and easy. Take it easy, everybody. Have a good night. Take care. So long, and bye-bye for now.